Some of you might be wondering, where's David? I, I think the family retreat did him in. I think he just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't recover quick enough to, to get here. Nah, he's, 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 uh, he's on vacation this week, and so uh, he's got an awesome, incredible, amazing team to come in and fill in for him. They do such a good job, so we're so blessed to have that. Uh, he doesn't have to worry or stress about being gone, because he's got such an amazing group of people here uh, to fill in for him. Um, it's, just, it's just a wonderful thing. I have the same thing when I'm not able to be here. What a blessing that is. I'm going to open with a word of prayer before we dive in to the Word of God this morning. So if you would bow your heads with me, that would be awesome. Father God. You know exactly what everyone sitting in this room, everyone watching online, you know exactly what they need to hear. I pray that that's all that they hear today as we open your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know how you think about positions like this or, or, or pastors in general, whatever. So, so I just wanted to share with you real quick a couple of things. First of all, it is incredible to be back with you in this position again today. I, I was off last week. I was here, but I was off last week. Um, this opportunity that God has given me, uh, you've got to understand, it is completely unbelievable. It's unimaginable. It's not something I ever thought about doing in life ever until God moved me to do it. Um, and so you've got to understand, it's like I said my whole life, I didn't say, well, I'm going to do this when I get older. No, 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 no. God knew, but I had no idea at all. Each week, if you've never thought about it, each week, and throughout each week, here's what God gives me a chance to do. God gives me the opportunity to be one of your pastors, to love you with the love of Jesus, to share with you the truth of Jesus, the grace, the mercy that Jesus has to offer. This is one of the coolest things. I, I get to read the word of God, and I get to allow him then to inspire me to share with me how he would like for me to share his word with you. It's an incredible process to be a part of. Now, maybe the difficult part is just sometimes he gives me things to share or he points me in a direction that, um, well, isn't exactly the path that I would choose. I kind of look at it this way. He kind of takes me to kind of the base of a mountain and he goes, hey, don't worry about it. It's not that high. You'll be fine. Or anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? He takes me right over to the cliff on the south rim and says, don't worry about it. It's not that far across. It'll be fine. You're good. Don't worry about it. I got this. It's an incredible gift. And so what I do is I pray each week that his word challenges you in the same way that his word challenges me as I get the honor of preparing these messages for each week. And I'll be very honest, this week's message was not intended when we left, or at least not by me, <laughs> when we left for our little short family vacation at the beginning of our fall break, I was convinced that when I returned, we would go in a whole new path, a new direction, because God was wanting to prepare us and eventually here for the holidays and all that stuff coming. But God wasn't done yet, and I had forgotten that. You see, he has one more thing that he wants to share with you from where we left off two weeks ago. Let me tell you how God does this. I'll give you what we call a peek behind the curtain, how these things work behind the scenes. This is how God revealed this to me. As I sat down to begin preparing this message, putting it all together, I checked my work email. Now, I had been gone on vacation, and I really hadn't touched it. I tried to be a good person on vacation and not look at those things. And I found this email dated October 3rd. 
Here was the subject. Use this in your next sermon. That's odd, right? <laughs> Guess who sent this message to me? I would love to say Jesus. That'd be really cool. But he did not, okay? He did not. Um, no, no, it was me. I sent this message to myself. Um, but I had forgotten that I had sent this message to myself. I didn't remember where the message had even came from. And then God reminded me as I read the message. When I was preparing the message a long time ago for October 9th, so the last Sunday that I preached, I came across a devotion. And as I read that devotion, there were a couple of passages in that devotion that just put a picture-perfect ending. I just wrapped it up with a nice little bow, the Passion to Action series that we thought we were done with on the 9th. But those passages just didn't fit for that week. They were, there wasn't enough time for that week, so I sent myself a message for when I got back from a vacation to remind myself to use those. Brilliant, right? It seemed like a great idea. I think that's okay. So just to let you know, here's where we're going over the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about some of the ways that God provides for us. Each of our lives are very different, but God seems to always know what we need in life. And in my case, what I need to hear and what I need to read and what I need to study so often seems to align right along with what he needs me to share with all of you as well. We have a theme verse for this next series. As a matter of fact, I would love for you to memorize it for next week. Now, this is going to be tough, but I think we can do this together, okay? This is not a, I think you can remember this passage. It's 2 Corinthians 9.15. 2 Corinthians 9.15, it's one short sentence, and it says this, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the end. Thanks be to God would be the first half, for his indescribable gift would be the second half. That is the, 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 the theme of the series. Can you memorize that with me? I'm going to have you repeat it with me today to start practicing this one little verse. There will be a test next Sunday. There will be a test next Sunday. Absolutely. We'll be taking, we got grading people all around the audience grading you next Sunday. Not this Sunday, okay? So repeat with me. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift close. Let's do it one more time. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Is that simple enough? Can we memorize that? That is our focus. The title of the series will be outrageous. I can't wait to share with those, those things with you. You'll understand as we get there. For those of you that have been around a while, you know that I love using words that we just don't hear very often in our society any longer. Seldom use words, but they have big meetings. Outrageous is definitely one of those words, and I can't wait to share that with you. I forgot to bring that over here with me. Doggone it. There's a shirt sitting on my chair that I was supposed to bring over today that I completely forgot. Oh, well. Today, we're going to close this Passion to Action series. What I didn't tell you was that when I came up with that title, that name, um, I actually borrowed that from myself um, a long time ago. Whenever um, our youth group went on trips, I was a youth pastor for 12 years. Whenever we went on mission trips or service trips in the community or across the country, things like that, we made a shirt that had the words passion to action on them. And then that verse from 2 Corinthians that we studied last week. This was a slogan, if you will, for our mission trips. So we tried to include that every year that we possibly could. We'd wear these as we went out and served. It was a great reminder to the students and the adults on the trip that if you, of why we are doing what we're doing. You see, if you claim to be passionate about Jesus and his love for you, then there absolutely will be actions that result from that passion. There has to be. There has to be. 
I, can, I, can I tell you how hard it is to have a really bad attitude when you're wearing a shirt that says passion to action with the words on the back for Christ's love compels us. Very hard, very difficult to have a bad attitude when you're wearing something like that. It's a great reminder. So here's the direction that God inspired me to go for this week. Honestly, I promise you, on October 9th, I was done. That was the end of that very short series. We'd shared with you the opportunity that God gave us to serve in Poland. Um, it has it's been an awesome trip. It's kind of hard to believe we've already been back a month. The 25th is when we got back, so we've already been back for a month already. If you have not had a chance to talk with one of the guys that went on the trip, um, take a moment and do that today. All right. All you have to do, you may not know their names, but most of them are here in this room this morning. Find their face. Look a good look at their faces. I didn't say their faces look good. I said, take a good look at their faces. Find one of those faces and ask them about the trip. It would mean so much to them. They would love to share with you. And in the process, you can learn their name if you don't already know their name. That's fine. Just find one. Ask, what was Poland like? The second week, we focus on 2 Corinthians 5.14, for Christ's love compels us. If we are in Christ, if we acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior, then we must respond to the love he has so freely given us. His love is incomprehensible. The price that he was willing to pay is immeasurable. The reward that he has in store for those that love him, unimaginable. And his love for us should be the passion that fuels our lives. The passion that compels us to serve him, to live for him, to love and serve those the same way that he loves us. The passion to freely give of our resources, which by the way he's given us, to help meet the needs of the church and help meet the needs of those around us. But here's the question that we've got to ask. Do you have that passion? Is your passion for him? You have a passion for something in your life. All of us do. Is your passion for him? Or has the evil one diverted you and your passions toward the things of this world? Now, I said this a few weeks ago. There are very real challenges ahead for the people of God, for his bride, the church, for every one of us in our own personal lives. Some of us are experiencing those right now. As we face those challenges, how do we keep our passion for Jesus burning bright? What if you're a believer, but Christ's love really doesn't feel like it, doesn't seem like it's compelling you to do anything at all? right now? Or what if you've never experienced the love of Jesus in your life, regardless of your age? That's possible. It is possible that you've never realized you were experiencing the love of Jesus in your life. It's been there somewhere, I promise, but you might not have known what it was. You see, here's what I realized, that two weeks ago, God had given us an incredible challenge through his word. Today, God gives us the path for meeting that challenge through his word. Step one, if you turn with me to Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 10, if you don't have a Bible, that's awesome. Use your phone, use one of those under the seats around you. Romans chapter 10 is where we're going to start today. We'll be in a couple different books today. But Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse eight, says the following. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the message concerning faith that we proclaim If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, 
and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is written, with your heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Step one in this whole process is beginning this relationship. How do I begin this relationship? By calling on the name of the Lord. Are you ready to do that today? Do you believe that Jesus is the one and only Son of God, the God of the universe? Do you believe that he willingly came to this earth to die for our sins? Do you believe that he rose again three days later? If so, will you come today and confess that you believe that truth before God and man? Will you come before God and repent of your sins? Will you follow Jesus' command to be baptized into his death, his burial, and his resurrection? Will you allow him to be your savior? And will you follow him as Lord of your life? This is an open invitation. Today can be the day for anyone anyone in this room to be saved, the day of their salvation, to come forward and make that decision, to allow his love for the first time in your life to overwhelm you, and as a result, be gifted and filled with his spirit, allowing him to form you within you, this new creation that he has been planning since before you were born, to start that journey of faith with us here at Berea. As imperfect as we are, we would love to have you join us on our journey as well, to let his passion flow to you and through you, to let his hope fill you so that other people begin to wonder what on earth has gotten into you. That can begin today. And then turn that newfound passion into action as you accept Christ for that first time. That is the first action that you take when you find Jesus to accept him as your Lord and Savior. If you're watching online, we don't want to think that we don't know that you're there. We do know you're there. We just don't know who you are or where there is. So if you're there and you're like, you know, I think I would like to make that decision, send us a message right now. You can send it via whichever method you are watching on, or you can send us an email, office at bccbrazil.org, or Chris, K-R-I-S at bccbrazil.org, and we will get back with you. One of the pastors, one of the leaders, someone will get back to you as soon as we can to begin this journey with you. If you're here today and you just want to know more, about beginning that relationship with Jesus. Again, one of the pastors, it's a guy in a Harley Davidson shirt sitting right out there that would love to talk with you about that. Myself as well, anybody on this stage, any of the leaders in the church and countless other people that are here would love to share with you how to begin that journey with Jesus today. That's step one. But what about the rest of us? The world is hard. It could take a toll on you. What if the passion that maybe you once had for Jesus kind of died out? Yes, we still love Jesus, but, but there just doesn't seem to be that spark anymore. And to be honest, pastor, no one's really asked me about the hope that I have in Jesus in a very long time. How can I get that back? 
How can I put that on display for other people to see? Jesus, in other words, Jesus, will you fill me back up? How can that transformation occur once again in my life and renew me in this season that I'm currently in? Well, let's start with the words of Jesus because he is the source of our hope. Jesus told us exactly how to maintain this hope. It's a perfect strategy. For some of you, this verse will be very, very, very familiar. For others, it might be the very first time you have ever heard it. So whether you are just beginning to wonder about a relationship with Jesus today, or you confessed with your mouth and believed with your heart long, long ago, take these words to heart and apply them brand new to your life beginning today. We're turning to the book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. As I said, many of you have heard this verse before, but some of you maybe never. So listen, Jesus is talking. I, Jesus, am the vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. You, already clean, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Either you can bear, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. Believer, the question is, are you connected to the vine? If you do not have the passion for Jesus, are you connected to the vine? This should be our lifeblood in this world. This is the source of our hope, the source of the passion in our lives for Jesus. There will be no fruit produced if we are not fully connected to the vine. And Jesus explicitly says, apart from him, you can do nothing. Now, we're not talking about worldly achievements. No, you can have a job. You can make money. You can do all those things, absolutely. But you'll never be satisfied ever with those things. In fact, we, if we don't remain in him, he says we're like this branch that gets cast aside and ultimately, potentially, thrown into the fire. Does your faith seem a bit dried up? Does it seem like you're disconnected from Jesus? Is your hope on display or has no one asked you about the hope that you have in Jesus for a long time? You see, that's not God's plan for your life. He longs to be connected to you. He will never pull the plug on that connection. You and I have the choice to disconnect from him. Now, it might not have been intentional. Probably wasn't. It was probably a slow fade And you gradually disconnected from the vine of Christ. Slowly the fruit of the Spirit stopped growing in your life. Gradually your hope begins to fade as the trials and troubles of this world take their toll. Maybe, maybe you've even felt at some point in your time, maybe even right now, like Jesus is distant from you. I want you to listen very close to this next very short section If you feel that way right now, or if you ever feel that way in the future, you feel like Jesus is far away, please listen very closely. He is not. 
nor can he be. He's always near. No matter how far we run away or how far we think we have wandered away, he is right there with us. Now, I've heard it said, many of you too, well, Jesus is walking by my side. You know, that's partially true. He is by our side, but he's also in front and he's behind and he's above and he's below and he's all around us. You see, literally his love surrounds us. And if you're in Christ, his spirit is even within you. We can't escape his presence, but we can choose to accept it or reject it. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Look, he's giving us the choice. Do we want to remain in his love or not? How do we remain in his love? How do we come back to his love if we've kind of drifted away or maybe purposely even left it behind or maybe never known it before? Verse 10, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that you may, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Jesus' joy literally completes us. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This is how we remain or come back to or discover his love, keeping his commands. His commands are simple. Love him above all else and love others as he loves us. Simple to understand but can definitely be difficult to live out, yes? <laughs> Jesus gave us this perfect example. We know we can't live up to that example, but listen to the way John describes it through his words, Jesus speaking once again, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. If you are my friends, or you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command once again. Love each other. <laughs> He's called us to go and to bear fruit. Now, this is not an optional request of Jesus. This is our purpose on this earth, to bear fruit that draws lost people, people that don't even know Jesus whatsoever at all, lost people into his presence, to show love to those that no one else will love, to demonstrate what the love of God is to a world that no longer even understands the meaning of the word love, let alone how to express it. So this connection to the vine, absolutely essential. If Christ's love is not compelling you right now to live out your faith, then it's likely that your connection to the vine is broken or at least severed. Do you feel that passion for Jesus? Is it flowing out of you? Are the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? Are all of those on display in your life? Not one or two of them. No, 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 no. Fruit, all of them, all, it's a package. Are those all on display? If not, which ones are missing and how can I get better connected to Jesus so that those can begin to be seen by others? Can others see those things in your life, but better yet, not see them, 
Are other people experiencing those things because of your life? Seeing isn't believing, folks. You might know that. Church, they have to. They have to. It's not optional. It's not optional. For too long, believers have thought that belief is enough. All I've got to do is just believe. Well, Scripture clears that out because even the demons believe. Belief is not enough. That's not all that's required of us. A lot of believers, no one else really needs to know. My, my faith in Jesus, it's a personal relationship. That is not a phrase Jesus ever used. <laughs> that's not his teaching in any way. Those are lies, and those are lies of the world, and these lies have kept us first and foremost from having a true, genuine faith in our Jesus. But second of all, those lies have kept others from seeing Jesus and experiencing Jesus through us because we keep him to ourselves. <laughs> our faith, the presence of the Spirit of God in our life cannot be hidden if it's truly there. Did you hear that? It's kind of harsh, but it's true. Our faith, the presence of the Spirit of God in our life cannot be hidden if it is truly there. If we love Jesus, we will keep his commands. If we love Jesus, our hope will be in him. If we love Jesus, his love for us will compel us to share this love with everyone else around us, and some people won't like it. Jesus told us that would be the case. Same passage it was the case while he walked this earth. The world today, as you're witnessing, is becoming more and more hostile to the teachings of Jesus and to his true devoted followers. Verse 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you, welcome you in as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, well, they're going to persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours too. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. They don't know the heavenly father. If I had not come and spoken to them, they wouldn't be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. Church, if we are living out our faith in this world, there will be those that hate us. And the awesome part is, we get to love them anyway. Unfortunately, too often, believers have let that reality the fact that people might or do hate us determine how we actually live in this world. We live in fear of what others think of us or what they might do to us. That should never be our focus. Our primary focus should always be on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Secondly, then, our focus then turns to those that do not know the love of Jesus yet. Our focus is to be on how God is calling us to reach out to each and every one of those people that are lost and dying without him in this world. His love compels us to. It compels us into action. His love compels us to do things we have never, ever done before, to serve in ways that we've never thought of serving, to give in ways that might honestly seem impossible, especially with the current challenges that our current economy is throwing at us. God simply asks us to be faithful to him. 
just as he is always faithful to us. Now, I don't know everybody in the room's story yet. I'm not sure how all of you grew up. I don't know if you spent your whole life in the church, if you spent no in your life in the church, if, if you belong to the family of God, if this whole thing is a brand new idea or concept to you. All I can do is speak from my experience and what I have observed within the church through others. In my upbringing in the church, one of the things that seemed to be missing so often on Sunday morning was a genuine personal challenge to increase my faith. There was the standard calls for people to come to faith, as there should be. Absolutely, that's essential. But rarely was there ever a call or a challenge to sure up my faith, to genuinely reflect and evaluate where I stand before God today. To look at my life and try to find the fruit of the Spirit on display. Where are people experiencing those things from me through the Spirit within me? Why don't we challenge ourselves in this way, believers? Now, if you're new to belief or you're just visiting this morning, like, what on earth is that guy talking about? You're just being discovered. Jesus, please listen. What I'm sharing is what Jesus expects of us, believers. Not of you, the person observing or learning or coming to Jesus yet, but you must know that this is what you're in for. This is what he wants us to be. This is who he wants us to be. You must also know that every one of us will absolutely fall short. And we must fully rely on God's grace and his forgiveness and his mercy alone. But you see, that's not enough. There is a standard to live up to. Absolutely. There is a goal to try to attain. There is a path that we have been called to walk. A mission that we've been called to be a part of. And it just seems like so often in the church, so many of us, we just become complacent and we just sit here. We just simply exist. We don't personally hold ourselves accountable to the commands of Jesus. We do not spur one another on to love and good deeds. So today is a challenge to do all of those. This is the family of God that we are called to be as believers. It's not enough for me to just share with you that you need to be compelled by the love of Jesus. It's not enough for me to just share with you that you should be filled with the passion, a passion, for your Savior, Jesus Christ. I got to be honest with you. And I have to share with you the reason why so many of us are not. It's on us. I must stay connected to the vine. I must join the family. I must obey his commands. If I truly love Jesus, there is no other way. I'm going to ask you, do you believe these words? We're skipping to another John. Same John, different book. First John chapter 2. Listen to these words. Do you believe these words? Verse 3. John writes, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, the love of God is truly made complete within them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Did you catch John's words? This is Pastor John writing to his church saying, hey, whoever says you, you're saying that you know Jesus, that's great. But if you don't do what he's commanding you to do, you're a liar. 
He's straight up calling out his congregation is what he's doing. That's hard to swallow. That doesn't preach well, does it? Kind of makes you uncomfortable in your seats. Kind of makes me uncomfortable saying it to you. I get it, but it's not my words. (laughs) They're his. These are the words of Jesus' best friend on planet Earth. The man that was likely closer to Jesus than anyone ever in the history of mankind. And the words that he wrote to us were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God and given to John to share with not just his church back then, but with us today, the family of God, the body of believers. We can't shy away from that truth just because it's 2022. If you and I are claiming the same Savior Jesus as our Lord as well, which by the way is the only way that you can claim Jesus, I don't know. Jesus isn't willing just to be your Savior. Did you know this? He's not willing to just be your Savior. It's all or nothing. He's either your Savior and your Lord, or he's neither. That's what this teaches us. If we claim him in the salvation, the grace, the mercy, the love, the forgiveness that Jesus offers, then we must live as Jesus did. And once again, pastor, but pastor, I I fall short of that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's why we've got to rely on the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus. Here's the problem. Too many of us aren't striving for that standard in the first place. We're not really even trying at all. We're just living our lives as it comes along. Too many of us are not daily on our knees praising God first and foremost. That's what we're called to do for all that he has done and all that he is doing and all that he will do. Too many of us are not before God confessing our failures, repenting of our sins. You see, when we do those things, then we find ourselves in the right position before our Lord. When we do those things, we will then find ourselves connected to the vine. That's how we stay connected and we will be filled with his continual redeeming spirit. We will be filled with the hope that he alone provides. And when we do this, our passion for him will be evident. We will be connected in this way with him and his love will fill us. And when his love fills us, it then compels us to go and love others in the exact same way. It will compel us to serve others in the ways he has gifted us. It will compel us to give and to be generous with what God has provided us with. It's all together. But only, only if we choose to be connected to Jesus. Now, these are hard truths. Believers, it is easy to get comfortable in our faith. Satan can lull us to sleep. Paul wrote Ephesians 5.14, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. He's talking to believers here. Be very careful then how you live. Tell me these words aren't for today. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. (laughs) Absolutely no less true today than it was when Paul wrote these things. You see, all we have been given is today. All we've been given is your next breath. Are we choosing to make the most of it. I get to make the transition from the message to a time of response, a time of invitation this morning. And this is a multifaceted, multi, multi-pointed invitation. For the believer, 
The invitation begins with coming before God and reconnecting with him. You are part of that. You are a vine. You're one of these branches off of this vine of Jesus, and, and your branch just isn't doing very well. It needs some fertilizer. It needs some water. It's been a bit dry lately. It's been beaten in the sun. It's had a harsh summer, whatever season of life you are in, but it just feels like you're barely hanging on. You need to come before the Father and reconnect with him today. And I would challenge you before you partake of these elements that I'm going to speak of here in just a moment to come before God and reconnect with him before you partake of these. If you don't feel like Christ's love is compelling you to do anything, if you don't feel that passion for Jesus, then before you connect with what he did for you, reconnect with him so that this takes on its full meaning. For those in the room that maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus, I can't tell you how exciting it would be to share with you what that means going forward from today. As Jesus said in his teaching, he said, you know, if I had never come, if I'd never done these things, these people wouldn't be responsible for the sin. But because I have, they are. Well, that applies to all of us within the sound of my voice or anyone that's ever picked up the word of God or read it or anyone that's ever been exposed to Jesus and his awesome glory in this planet. We are responsible for our sins and we will pay eternally one day, but there's another path. And that's to come to him and say, you know what, God, I, I'm... I messed up, and I know I've messed up, and I need your forgiveness, and I know I'm not perfect. That's one of those mistakes that people get in their minds. I can't come to God because I'm too messed up. No, 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 no. That's exactly where he wants you. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter. There's no, no boundary there. That door is always open for you to come to him, and then he begins to change you, and then you begin to learn and discover his commands. Then you discover his plan for your life, and so this invitation time coming is for people to respond to that gospel message, maybe for the very first time. Maybe they've been apart from God for a very long time. Maybe something drove them away from God. That was a person. That was Satan that did that. That was not God. God does not push us away, nor will he ever. He stands at the doors and knocks and waits for you to open. He will not force himself upon you. He wants you to respond. And so he gave us this gift to remember what he did for us by. If you've been raised in the church, then this can become old hat. Oh yeah, we do that all the time. Never let it be that way. Never say that. If you ever get to a Sunday where you just put the bread in your mouth and drink the juice and put the cup down and that's it, don't put the bread in your mouth and don't take the juice. Please, don't do it. Stop what you're doing and reconnect to the vine and remember what this means, the sacrifice that was made for you. We can never forget that. We can never take that for granted in this life, ever. And so I'm gonna ask if you would, to partake this with me today. We have the body that Jesus willingly came before the creation of this world. He agreed to come and be what's called the propitiation of our sins, to take this punishment that we deserve. It's my sin that put him on the cross. It's your sin that put him on the cross. And he said, hey, you don't understand this now as he met with his disciples in the upper room. You don't get this, you, you, but you will. This is my bread. I'm breaking this bread for you, which will be broken for you. And after this evening, you'll understand. And every time from now on, when you break the bread, would you remember my body that was broken for you?
the dinner went on. And a little while later, as they were getting ready to pass the cup around, he said, you don't understand this now. I'm not bleeding. You don't get it, but you will. After this night, after the events of tomorrow, you'll understand that from now on, when you take a drink from this cup, remember, remember my blood that was shed and sacrificed for you. My blood which covers all of your sins. Please don't ever forget. Father, as we prepare our hearts for these next few songs, as we prepare later to leave this place and go into an unbelieving world, I, I just pray that your spirit moves as it would today. I don't have anything more specific than that. Father, we want you to be you and your spirit to move within the believer and your spirit to convict the, the pre-believer. Father, that's how you see everyone. Everyone could potentially come to you one day and we want to leave that door wide open today. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.